Uh, well, we get to choose to believe. And, you know, the fundamental principle of faith is it's a choice. Amen. We get the revelation from the spirit of God based upon the word of God. It comes to our spirit man to to be re- accepted or rejected. Uh, and uh, when we choose to believe, then we're actually in faith. Amen. Uh, it's uh, uh, until that point in time, it's not really faith. It's revelation. But uh, how many times does the revelation of healing come to people and they reject it? Well, God's not healing today, right? The revelation came because the word of God is full of revelation and the spirit of God does his job to reveal to us his plan for our lives. And he will bring that revelation to our hearts and say, hey, this is this is revelation. I am your healer. And then people will either uh, mentally reject it from the standpoint of, well, that's ended, you know, when the last apostle died or whatever uh, excuse they come up with. Or they're just hard hearted. Well, I can't believe that, you know, Uh, well, I mean, you can believe that uh, it's sunny outside. You can believe that that chair is going to hold you up. You can believe all kinds of things, you know. When they, they say it's hard to believe, but it's not hard to believe. You are, you are created in the image and likeness of God. You're designed to believe. You have the capacity to believe. Uh, but at the root of, root of all faith is a choice, amen? You get to choose to believe or not believe it. And, um, of course, um, James says don't be double-minded, uh, which means uh, that you can't make a choice, right? You ever got stuck in the drive-thru, right? And do you want fries with that? And you freeze, right? Well, I don't know. Do I want fries with that or not? The people behind you are like, you know, make a decision. Well, I don't know. I mean, you got onion rings, you got fries, you know, and, and I've already had, you know, uh, so many calories today, you know, many fries may push me over, over the limit there, you know. And I don't know. Do I want fries or not? And people are behind you going, oh, how long is it going to be, right, till you get out? So make a choice. So be, being double-minded is, you know, uh, not making a choice uh, because, you know, well, if I believe, you know, people are going to think crazy, you know, but how can I believe? Because, you know, I don't see any evidence that God's still a healer. And uh, and so they go through that whole mental process and they, and they can't get their mind to settle on a, on a choice. Uh, and it's and a lot of it's got to do with the fact that the word of God is not strong in their life. Right. That if they if they love the word of God, you know, you're not trying to condemn people or or, um, or or talk bad about people. But, you know, at, we should come to the word of God as humble servants of the of the Lord. And when we see something like that, it should be, OK, Lord, well, you said that, then it's got to be so instead of of the mental games that we often go through. Of, well, I don't know if that's so for t- t- today. You know, my church doesn't teach that or so and so, you know, they died or so and so, you know, it didn't work for them and they tried it and it didn't work for them. Uh, and we go through a lot of uh, mental calisthenics to try to justify believing something or not when. If the word says it, then that's really the end of the discussion. It should be right. Uh, but uh, we have to train ourselves to be that way. It's not it doesn't come natural to the human mind. It comes natural to the human spirit. But it doesn't come natural to the human mind because we're so we're so trained to live in this world that we can observe and measure and count and and those types of things. And then you get something like faith that says, well, you believe without any evidence. And, and that goes contrary to the way we were raised, right? Contrary to the way we were trained that that uh, uh, everything requires evidence. Of course, our spirit man, uh, the Bible says that uh, our spirit bears witness with us that we are the spirit, of, that we are the children of God. So we do have evidence uh, because of the testimony of our spirit man. But uh, the problem is that, that we look at the testimony of our, of our spirit man and we look at the testimony of our mind and, we, and oftentimes we say, well, our mind is a better witness to us than our spirits. Uh, because we've not been trained that our spirit should be the ultimate guide. Uh, and so many times uh, the weight of the witness of our flesh and our mind outweighs the witness of our spirit because your spirit will always witness to you that the word of God is true. And so and so what we have to do uh, is really shift our mentality in our lives to rely more upon our spirit man and what our spirit man is saying uh, and less upon what our minds say because our minds can only base things upon things it can observe from the five natural senses where a spirit man can can base things upon the ultimate truth which is the the lord himself right Uh, and if lord declares it to be so then that is sufficient for our spirits it's not sufficient for our minds but it is sufficient for our spirits and and when we read the word of god it's alive and active it's not just words on a page Uh, our spirit man will hook up with all the word every time you read the word of god your spirit man will hook up with it uh, and it'll declare, well, that's so. If the word of God says it's so, then it is so. And, and so it's easy. Uh, it really is easy, but it's a, it's a change of lifestyle, right? You have to change that mentality. You have to choose to uh, walk in the spirit and not 
not uh, just walk in this natural world. Uh, we live in this natural world, but we should be able to walk in the spirit even in this natural world. So, um, uh, and, and all of those things are a choice, right? All of those things are things we get to choose to do. Not anything God's going to make us do. and not anything that, uh, um, uh, that we're forced to do. But it's a choice, amen? We get to live that way or not live that way, amen? And so we started uh, this new book uh, from Dr. Yeomans. We're in the third book of her four-book series here. Uh, and they're, you know, they're fairly small books, short books that uh, we've been going through uh, that she wrote uh, many years ago, actually. Uh, in fact, she was talking about her father was a surgeon in the Civil War. So that's how far she goes back, right? So, so she was uh, uh, born in the late 1800s after the Civil War, I believe and um, uh, lived to be 80-something years old and then passed. And, and uh, she left us a great legacy of things that she had learned, you know. And, and the nice thing uh, about uh, Dr. Yeomans is she learned the healing power of God through great trials. And, and, you know, sometimes when you learn things like that, you're not willing to give it up easily. You know, uh, it doesn't have to be that way, but uh, there's no way anybody could ever convince her that God is not a healer, amen, because she nearly died. You know, of course, it was mostly by her own hands, right? And so she became addicted to uh, prescription medication and, and morphine and other drugs by her own hands. And, and uh, even though we talked last week about how she said God uh, allowed her to go down to the edge of death, the gates of death, yeah, but it wasn't God allowing her that is she, she shot her own self in the foot, right? Uh, and, um, uh, and it would be helpful to us to appreciate uh, how many things we got ourselves into, amen? Did God still get her out of it? He got her out of it. Amen. So it's not that he was condemning her and, well, you made your bed hard. You ought to just lie in it. You know, that's the way we are sometimes. So the Lord is gracious and merciful. Yes. He'll get us out of our own uh, own beds that we make and um, help us out. Amen. Uh, and so uh, so uh, it wasn't God allowing that. Right. Uh, but then uh, she starts talking about uh, I like to turn over to Psalm 67. Uh, I like the. Uh, a commentary she had on this particular verse here, and I think it's uh, helpful to us to look at that in that context. Because one of the things that the Lord has used, you know, if you go through the book of Acts and you look at uh, every time that the church grew, uh, it really grew significantly from either one of two things. And most of the time it grew because of signs, wonders, and miracles related to healing and other miracles. Um, and other times it, was, it grew because uh, faith was taught to the church. And so both of those things can happen prior to the church growing. But uh, the most common way that the church grew was through miracles, signs, and wonders. And if you look at the ministry of Jesus, that uh, he would go about in, in teaching, preaching, and healing, right? And so he would heal the sick, and it said all the multitudes would come to get healed, and then he would preach to them. Uh, and uh, when Jesus said uh, there in Acts 1-8 that uh, uh, he told them to tarry in Jerusalem until you're endued with power from on high, and, uh, and then in Acts 1.8, he said, after that the Holy Ghost shall come upon you, then you shall be witnesses to me uh, uh, into Samaria and, and Jerusalem, uh, and Samaria and Jerusalem and Judea and in other most parts of the earth. Uh, and it was always the plan of God that the church is endued with supernatural miracle work and power. And then, then at that point is when we're qualified to be a witness. And then we take that supernatural power, we go into the world we heal the sick, we raise the dead or whatever miracles are necessary. Uh, and then people are drawn to the Lord. They see his goodness, right? Uh, now, that doesn't get them to heaven, right? It doesn't get them saved, but it will draw them in to hear the word of God to, to, uh, to accept the Lord Jesus. And, uh, you know, it worked with Jesus' ministry. It worked with the ministry of all the apostles in the book of Acts. Seems like it's a pretty good plan, right? And it's the, it's the plan that the head of the church gave to us, Amen. Uh, and so if the head of the church gave that to us, it should be okay for us to do that. Amen. Uh, but he said here in um, Psalm 67, verse 2, it said that thy ways, that thy way may be known upon the earth, thy saving health among all nations. Uh, well, how are then all the nations going to know about his saving health? The church is going to tell them, right? That, that's the job of the church to tell them that. Amen. Uh, and so uh, it, it's... Uh, uh, that's the, really the calling upon uh, the church is to make his saving health known among all the nations. Amen. Uh, and it's the easiest thing in the world to take that 
And I know, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not really upset about it or anything, but I know a lot of times that men will get together and they say, well, what we need to do is we need to go out and build a building to these third world people. We'll go build a church building, a hospital, an orphanage, and that'll draw the people. Uh, and, and, you know, there's nothing necessarily wrong with that, but I think the priority is wrong. Uh, and, and I think that, you know, instead of saying, well, don't ever do that, I think that would be unwise necessary, necessarily to do that. I think it would be better wisdom to say, well, let's go out first and let's, uh, what did he say? Let's let the, uh, your saving health be known among all the nations. Uh, and then, you know, when the people gather together, then you build them a building, right? Then you, you build them a church or whatever. Uh, I think that the priority should be in the same priority that the Lord himself gave to the church, which is to go and first show them the goodness of God through signs and wonders and miracles. And then you can do these other natural things, right? Uh, but a lot of times, if you look at the history of the church, anytime men get together, and I just mean men, I just, you know, usually it's intellectual people who gathered together. Well, how do we advance God's kingdom? Well, miracles, well, that, you know, we can't do that. Well, what else can we do? Well, we can build stuff. Well, let's do that. Uh, and we use our intellect to come up with ways to advance the, the plan of God when he's already given us uh, very good ways to advance his kingdom. Amen. Which is uh, that his way may be known upon the earth. Well, who who is going to take that way and let people know about that everywhere on the earth? That should be the church, right? We should be going out and let it, letting people know his way. Well, what's his way? His way is to heal. Yeah. Amen. To to recover, to deliver uh, thy saving health among how many? All the nations, right? Uh, and of course, we can start that uh, right here in our own hometowns, right? We can start that here. We can start that at this local church. Uh, and, um, you know, we even even the time that we've had um, uh, healing school, you know, we've had a lot of healings in here over the years. Right. Yeah. Uh, yes. Would I like it or not like it? No, you would not. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And, and it was all about numbers. Marketing and... What the marketing, you mean? I mean, as far as... It's on the something or other church, the company. Yeah, yeah. But he, I read the book. I was so angry when I read it. Yeah. 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 Right. 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 Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, you know, that's the thing is because because you get these you get these uh, kind of conflicts in the church sometimes where people say, well, it's not about numbers, right? And in my, in, my, in my heart, it's all about numbers, getting people into the kingdom of heaven on their way to eternity, right? So it should be all about numbers, right? But how do we get there? Uh, so do we use men's ideas of marketing, marketing schemes, planning, you know, strategizing? Well, let's give this away. Let's have this program. Let's do this thing right here. Um, or let's just follow, pursue the will of God, you know, because if you pursue the spirit of God, I'm just convinced, and even though, you know, that people say, well, you know, you don't have a thousand people in your church yet, I'm still in my heart, it's like, that's still the path, right? It's still the path to go. And, and I just, uh, I, I can't, I, I can't go over here and just say, well, I'm going to change uh, horses from the word of God and go pursue my man's idea of marketing. Because I've had people tell me uh, the, their exact words, well, you, you can't argue with success. And they say, well, we've got a lot of people coming to our church. You know, you can't argue with success. And, and, and they'll tell you that the way they, they build the church is not spiritual. It's carnal, right? It's they do, you know, they got fog machines. they got rock and roll music, you know, and, and maybe even uh, secular music. I don't know going on in a church. Uh, and, and their measure of success is how many chairs are full, right? And, and that's not God's measure of success, right? The word yet has promise in it. What's that? The word yet. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it, it's uh, um, uh, we just have to be careful about 
uh, about leaving the word of God and saying, well, the word of God, you know, doesn't really, you know, doesn't really help us. So we're going to go make man's ideas, man's plans. And if you look at, you know, every spiritual movement of the church that has gotten uh, men got a hold of it. You know, you look at I think one of the greatest examples is like the Salvation Army, you know, and I'm not mad at anybody. But if you go back and look at the history of the Salvation Army, you know, they were people driving trucks, uh, flatbed pickup trucks. They'd go pull up in the corner of a, of a square somewhere. And they'd get out and preach the gospel, pray for the sick, right? Get people baptized with the Holy Ghost, speaking in other tongues. Uh, and, 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 you know, doing amazing things. And now they ship blankets to cold people, you know. Uh, and look, cold people need blankets. No doubt they need blankets, you know. Uh, but uh, I like, I like uh, Franklin Graham's. Uh, his, his strategy is everything's about Jesus. Everything's about getting saved. He'll send you a warm blanket, but it'll say Jesus on it, you know, or something. It'll, you know, it'll, uh, he won't let you get away without hearing the name of Jesus, right? Uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, I'm not aware of that particular book there. I've heard of it, but uh, I've, not, I've not read it there. Uh, and so, uh, um, yeah, I mean, I, I've had people, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm familiar with that particular book, but. Uh, and I don't and I'm not familiar with it. I mean, other than just I know about it, um, uh, you know, my my heart's desire is to stay with the word. Right. And he said that he said your your uh, he said your saving health will be known among all the nations. And the only way that all the nations will know that is if we as the church do that. Right. Uh, and so um, I know there's a lot of a lot of plan and I got no problem with advertising, you know, those types of things. Uh, you know, the only way that you can find the path is in your own heart, right? You have to decide that the, that the word of God is the right path. Uh, and uh, and so because otherwise you just have to say, well, the word of God isn't working. So let's go and implement man's plan. Uh, and, you know, again, if you look at the history of so many groups of people that started out uh, in the power of God uh, and then men got a hold of it. Well, this organization is pretty big now. So let's, you know, let, let, let's tone down. A little of this God stuff, you know, and let's, you know, let's keep on, you know, being nice to people. Because if we get if we're nice to them, they'll get into heaven. And nobody ever has gotten into heaven by someone else being nice to them. Right. Uh, that, that there's no Bible that says if you're nice to somebody, they go to heaven. Right. Uh, and you don't have to be mean to them to go to heaven. But, uh, you know, there's no way not be nicer to them than, than healing their child. Right. Or praying for them to get to, to get uh, to get healed themselves. Uh, and so, again, I'm not mad at anybody. You know, people do whatever they want to. But when people say you can't argue with success, you know, immediately my heart rises up. Well, would you like three reasons why you can? You know, I mean, uh, you, just because you give away sinful things or you do sinful things, uh, that's uh, that's not success in God's economy. Right. That's success in man's economy. And men will measure success by chairs filled. Uh, my measure of success is uh, hearts filled. Right. Who, who in here is heart is full of the Lord, right? Because just because you bring in a bunch of carnal people, if you allow them to remain carnal, you really haven't helped them. Uh, you know, you haven't taught them faith. You haven't taught them how to overcome anything. You've said, come as you are and stay that way all your life. And so they're not able to help anybody. If they don't have the power of God in their life, who else can they help if you just end up with a bunch of carnal people that, that won't grow and change, you know? And again, I'm not anybody's judge and not... But I, I hear men say things a lot of times that are in direct conflict with the word of God. Uh, and so. So our job is to make God's saving health known among all the nations. Amen. And sometimes you have to make it known to your own church. Right. Uh, and so uh, I know we've got spies come in here every now and then go back to their own church. And, they, they, and that's their job. Right. The part of their job is to go and, and let that church know about God's healing power. Right? And I've got friends of mine that go to, um, uh, you know, I call it a church of doubt and unbelief um, uh, because the whole church uh, has come out strong against a lot of these things, right? Now, a lot of churches, they're kind of neutral about it and, and that's fairly actually better ground than if you just come out against it, it's really tough uh, hoeing against that, right? Plowing against that kind of uh, mentality and yet they'll stay there because they believe God wants them to and, and I'm, again, they're not, uh, they don't answer to me if that's their calling, then fine, right? Because I know when Brother Hagin was around, the Lord spoke to him and said, you're going to go into all these different kinds of churches. You're going to Baptist churches. He said, you'll even go to, to Roman Catholic churches. And he did. Uh, and he taught in Roman Catholic churches, the, the word of faith message, right? Being spirit filled. And, and there were many uh, Roman Catholics that, you know, 
that became spirit filled and 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 uh, moved into the realm of the spirit, you know, walk of the spirit. Uh, and, um, uh, you know, that's that's good. Right. It's always good to get people to accept the Lord. And, and I think, you know, in particular, the Roman Catholics would be hard to preach to because they've got so many layers of tradition and, and things that uh, that really aren't biblical to have anything to do with the Bible, just their culture, their the way they were raised. Uh, there's so many layers of different traditions that, that, that come in and say, well, faith is all that matters. Right. And you get in some groups, you know, that aren't even Christian groups, you know, like the Mormons. And you try to get them saved. And like, well, we've got 15 layers of whatever that you've got to get through to even get saved. And uh, and so uh, w- an easy way to get cut through all that is uh, letting people know the whole nation know his saving health. Amen. Uh, it's hard to argue with miracles. That statement is true, right? You can't argue with a miracle that comes from God. And so uh, so that's that's really the the ministry of the church that thy way may be known among the earth and thy saving health among all nations. Uh, now, that's the word of God, right? That's what the word of God says. And so that's what we should pursue. And then she comes over to uh, we're in Psalms, turn over to uh, Proverbs chapter four. And of course, these are always good, always good verses here. Uh, and she starts out saying, uh, verse 20, um, my son, attend to my words, incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Let them uh, keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. Uh, and she, so she goes through uh, these particular verses here. So attend, concentrate all your faculties on the word of God. Uh, so when he says, my son, attend to my words uh, and, and incline thine ears to, the, to my saying. You, that means that we as a church need to elevate the value of the word of God. Yeah. Right? That we need to attend to his words and incline our ears unto his sayings. Uh, and so that requires an effort on our part that doesn't happen by accident. Amen. Just going to church, you know, it's not really enough just to go to church because uh, if you're at church, but your mind is mowing the grass or thinking about lunch, you know, or think about, you know, the clothes you got to fold when you get home or think about work tomorrow or thinking about your trip that you've got going on next week. You know, you're not really attending to his words. Right. So uh, focus and attention is required in order to to fulfill these particular verses incline thine ears uh, to uh, his sayings, we have to open up our ears to God's saying, right? Uh, and close everything else out. Uh, and so if you open your ears to the word of God, you know, it's, it's kind of an either or. Uh, uh, if you're paying attention to the word of God, that means you're not paying attention to something else. And the church would do, do well if we would learn to elevate the value of the word of God in our lives, right? That it's, it's the absolute. And a lot of people are always trying to argue that, the word of God is not absolute. And so if the word of God is not absolute, then there are no absolutes. Uh, but the word of God is absolute. If the Lord says that, that uh, we can let his saving health be known among all the nations, then that's an absolute truth, right? That means we can. That means we have the capacity to do that. Uh, and that was Old Testament. That was before all the apostles, right? When the last apostle died, well, well, before the first apostle was born, we had the ability to let his saving health be known among all the nations. So why could we do that before they were born? We could do that while we're here. While they were here, but we can't do that now, right? Even, of course, you know, biblically speaking, there are still apostles today. People don't even, uh, a lot of times, people that say stuff like that don't even understand uh, the whole, all the whole ministry. Because what you can do is when they say, when the last apostle died, those things came to an end. It's like, you're 100% right. Because there's still apostles alive today, right? So the sisters apostles alive today, then these things are still going on today, right? Uh, because if you go through the old, if you go through the book of Acts, there uh, are at least uh, 24, 25 named or unnamed apostles mentioned in the book of Acts. So not just the 12 uh, apostles of the Lamb. There's at least a dozen more past that after the original apostles, including Paul the Apostle, who was not considered an apostle of the Lamb. Uh, some people argue that he was, but he wasn't qualified to be that. But it wasn't just Paul. Barnabas was called an apostle. Um, uh, and um, there are other named apostles there in the book of Acts there. So... Um, so uh, we have to uh, incline our ears uh, to his sayings and close out everything else. When something comes into conflict with the word of God, well, God doesn't care how you get him saved. I think God does care how you get him saved, right? If you use carnal measures to get him saved by bribing them or by doing, you know, some, something that would uh, compromise. You know, I was just thinking about the, the other day that, you know, the word compromise is such a poison to the church. Uh, when we compromise the word of God, uh, it will poison our hearts. Amen. 
uh, and uh, and we don't even recognize it sometimes. You know, a lot of times people can build up immunity to poisons by taking small amounts of them over time. But you think it's still good to eat the poison? It's not just because you're immune to its immediate uh, effects doesn't mean you're immune from its ultimate effects of killing you. Uh, and so compromise is such a poison to the church, right? Uh, uh, and I understand people can get so fanatical that, uh, that there's no grace in their life. And so I'm not talking about not having grace in your life, but uh, just not going to compromise. If the word of God says he's our healer, then that's the end of the discussion. But then a lot of times compromise will come into the church and say, well, you know, he's our healer, but he doesn't heal all the time. Sometimes he wants you to be sick. He can heal, but sometimes he wants you to be sick. Well, that's a compromise because the word of God doesn't doesn't uh, uh, doesn't back that statement up. But it, sometimes people feel like it's fanatical to say God's desire every single time without exception is to heal your body. And some people think that's a fanatical, uh, absurd, beyond the pale statement. And it's just as normal. Uh, if you really knew the Lord, that's a, this is normal thing, right? Just saying, you know, just saying, well, you know, that uh, uh, it's like saying, well, you know, John Jones doesn't lie. Well, of course he doesn't lie, right? That should be a normal thing. People are like, no, nobody can do that. Well, that's as normal as it can be, right? Uh, and, and so it should be a normal thing for the church to be able to say God's desire for your body is that it remains healthy all of the days that you're on the earth and, uh, until your last breath on the earth. And then whatever happens after that, who cares, right? When the Lord said it's time to come home, then, then you go home. And then whatever your body does after you, after you leave it with your spirit, then, you know, who cares, right? Uh, and so... Uh, so we need to incline our ears to God's sayings, uh, and that's really the only measure uh, of success, right? That's the only measure that we care about, uh, and not depart them from our eyes. Uh, we need to uh, keep uh, our focus on the Lord Jesus, right? Look to Him. Look to Him for faith. Look to Him for answers. Uh, look to Him for uh, solving the church's problems, um, and not just uh, look into man's ideas. Um, amen. And so, I just I just have a hard time when when we kind of do away with with uh, God's plan and say, well, that's not working. So let's go do our own plan. Right. Uh, and so. And a lot of the a lot of the the methods of, um, of evangelism uh, has come about because we've we've set aside God's plan uh, and we said, uh, well, let's that's not working. So let's implement our own plan. Uh, and uh, and we see the fruits of that. Right. So we end up with a, a very carnal church because. We're not doing it according to the spirit, right? Uh, and he said, uh, of course, in the, in the end of that is keep them in the midst of your heart. So where are we supposed to keep them? Uh, in our hearts, right? So, so who's responsible to keep them? Uh, we are, right? So what's the devil's desire uh, more than anything? To get the word of God out of your heart, right? Uh, is to fill it with stuff. Fill it with anger, bitterness. Fill it with natural world things. Fill it with, with natural schemes. And a lot of times his strategy will be not to to fill it with heresy, but to just fill it with, you know, the cares of this world. Right. Deceitfulness of riches, th things that the, the, the Matthew 13 talks about uh, in the different types of soil. Right. So, of course, there's the hard soil, right, the rocky soil. But there's also the cares of this world. Well, I just, you know, I need to help people. I need to do things. Right. And a lot of times that cares of the world, he said, it'll choke the word. Uh, and what, what's he trying to do? It's trying to keep you from keeping your, the word of God close to your heart. Amen. And so uh, you've got to develop a very strong uh, desire for um, the word of God. Right. Uh, and so uh, he said uh, in the very end of it, uh, those words are life unto those that find them. So if, if it's life unto those that find them, then that means if they're found, somebody was looking for them. And so. They don't come automatically. They come because that you are diligent. You put forth effort to look for them. Amen. Uh, and they're not hard to find. You know, it's not like the Lord's trying to keep us from them, but it does take effort to find them. Amen. Uh, and then if you do these things, let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Uh, attend, attend to his words. Incline your ears to his sayings. If you do those four things there, he said the results are their life unto those that find them. Uh, and then the second half of the promise there is health to all their flesh. Um, and, uh, I'll, you know, of course, it's an obvious statement, but, but uh, what does all mean? 
All means all, right? Does, does all mean uh, your heart, your brain? Uh, does it, uh, is, is your heart and your brain part of all your flesh? What about your liver and your pancreas and your, your right big toe? That's part of all your flesh, right? All means all. Uh, and so uh, is there anything left out of that? No. And of course, uh, health, where it says health to all their flesh, uh, that means obviously healing, right? Uh, but it's also, um, uh, I was studying this one time and, lo- and looked this up. Uh, it, it, it really means uh, healing incurable, which is really, I, lo- I love that statement, right? Healing that's incurable. So we know what disease that's incurable means, right? It means that no amount of, of medicine can fix that disease, right? So no matter how much good things you apply to this sickness, if it's incurable, it can't be recovered from. So if you've got healing and curable, then that means no amount of sickness can affect that healing. Amen. Uh, and the whole root of that is only the word of God. You know, we thank God for the for the gifts of the spirit, you know, for the, the special faith and those types of things. Working in miracles, uh, all of those things that are, that are the sovereign works of God. But but the word of God is not sovereign in the sense that you have access to it right now. You don't have to wait until the spirit moves the waters, for, for example. You don't have to wait until the spirit of God comes upon somebody in a special way. You've got the word of God right now. And the word of God alone itself is life unto all that uh, find them. Right. And health unto all their flesh. Healing incurable to all of your flesh uh, is just the result of believing the word of God. Uh, and that's a pretty strong uh, promise. Right. So, uh, <clears throat> you know, if the devil says, well, you know, God won't heal that. And you say, well, last time I checked, that's part of all my flesh, right? My right elbow is part, part of all my flesh, right? All my joints are part of all my flesh. All my organs are part of all my flesh. Uh, and so uh, if they're part of all my flesh, then they can be health and healing incurable to all of my flesh. Amen. Amen. Uh, and so, so that, you know, those, those verses there, uh, I like uh, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 through 22. They're very, very strong promises of God. Uh, and uh, if it's based entirely upon the word of God, right, and not any apostle ministry that's going on, any apostolic ministry that's going on, has this come to an end? Has the word of God come to an end? Has the ability to believe the word of God come to an end? Well, no. So, you know, people will argue, well, that that ended at some phase, right? Of course, there's no Bible for that, but they'll say that it ended at some phase. And you say, well, then has the word of God come to an end? Are we no longer supposed to believe the word of God? Is the word of God no longer in effect? Uh, and if they say uh, that's Old Testament, well, just because it's Old Testament doesn't mean it's it's outdated. You know, the only parts of the Old Testament that are outdated are the parts that have been superseded by uh, by the Lord or himself. Right. And so none of the promises of the Old Testament have been outdated. Uh, in fact, remember it, over in Ezekiel, different places it talks about that we'll be filled with his spirit. Well, aren't we filled? Can't we be filled with the spirit today? So that's been outdated, then, then that means we can't be filled with the Spirit anymore. But the whole, the whole uh, prophecies of Ezekiel in those areas uh, is promising that we can have the Spirit of God living on the inside of us. Well, that's, that's today, right? Uh, and so people, it's, it never ceases to amaze me how much effort people will go to to find doubt and unbelief. They'll put way more effort into denying what the Word of God says than just believing the Word of God. Uh, and they'll come up with all kinds of creative and, and oftentimes intellectually empty arguments about these things. Well, that's not for us today. Well, you just made that up, right? And that's not even true. Um, your pastor's wife, her name is Deborah Kabbalah. She was going to have brain tumor surgery last week. Yeah. And uh, she's the pastor's wife of the church where my dad used to attend. Yeah. In Florida. And uh, she believes in her healing. Yeah. Really? And they, they've been having revival ever since. And yeah. Still having revival. Yeah, and it was, it was the root of it was a miracle of God, right? Uh, and, and I believe that it's, yeah, and, and I really believe that's, that's, uh, that's God's best way to initiate revival is through the miracles. Because revival still comes, people start coming and hearing more, and of course it feeds upon itself, amen? Uh, and um, so we're going to say the course because these verses are true, Amen. Uh, they haven't changed. Uh, and so, uh, in fact, uh, we're in Proverbs. Turn over to, to Psalm 119. And um, uh, let's see what, uh, what he says here. 
Um, and this is just kind of a repeat of, uh, of um, uh, Proverbs chapter 4. Uh, but, but David said here, Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. And so David hid God's word. Uh, where did he hide it? In his heart. Why did he do that? So that he would not sin against the Lord, right? And, and every sin that we commit is a sin because we, we've left God's word. Um, and, and so uh, if we could keep God's word in our hearts, one of the valuable things uh, about the, the uh, keeping the God's word in our heart is when that temptation to sin that comes up, that comes to us, and it does it come to all of us? It comes to, are you breathing air? Then you're going to be tempted to sin, right? Uh, but when that temptation comes, the word of God arises up. Uh, and it's not so much about trying to condemn you, it's to protect you, right? That, that he would not sin, amen? So when that, when that word of God comes up, uh, walk in love, you know, don't say that. That, that's not going to uh, fulfill my plan for your life. Uh, then we'll not sin. So what happens a lot of times is the word of God keeps getting more and more diminished in our lives and it becomes easier and easier for us to sin. And at some point, you know, be like, well, what's it, what's it matter? Uh, and I've heard a lot of people that, that like grew up in church and they got really famous. And it's like, you know, that stuff doesn't even matter much anymore to my life. Well, it's because they've diminished God's word in their heart and now they can just sin freely and, and, and they think that they're okay, but they're really not, right? They're, they're really uh, playing with fire there. Uh, and so, uh, uh, and she made this statement here that when sin goes, sickness has to go too. So uh, he said that, uh, that he might not sin against thee. Uh, and so uh, if you use the word of God to help strengthen your life, right? Believing the word of God and, and keeping it uh, protected in your heart, that uh, when you do that, not only will sin go, uh, but also sickness goes along with it because those two things, you know, sin and sickness, sin and, and death, they go together, right? They're, they're like the trio, the, the, uh, the evil trio, right? Uh, and so, uh, and, the, and they all oftentimes work together because uh, the devil oftentimes will get us to sin, not because he's trying to get us to sin so much, but he knows that the ramifications uh, of sin is often death, and death will come oftentimes through sickness and disease, right? And so uh, it, it's just, it's an attack of the enemy. His desire is to diminish the value of the word of God uh, in our life, amen? Uh, and, uh, and I think the Lord, you know, for me personally, just when I got saved, I, I, I realized early on how valuable the word of God was. As I started reading the word, even as a teenager, I realized this word can help my life. It'll change the course of my life, right? It'll change the course and direction of everything that I, that I desire and do and uh, will su be successful at. Uh, and so, you know, early on as a Christian, uh, the value of the Word of God was really high for me, and it's always been high. I've always valued the Word of God, uh, and it has served me well over these years. Uh, and so, so he, uh, we're in uh, Psalm 119. Just turn back to uh, Psalm 91 there. Of course, Psalm 91 I love Psalm 91, right? We can, we can preach. Uh, and, and in fact, every now and then I'll just preach the whole Psalm 91. We're not going to do that today. Uh, but uh, it's just a really good chapter. It's only 16 verses long, uh, but it's just filled with good stuff. Uh, but she wanted to, to pick out a couple of things that, uh, that were important uh, in the discussion here. She starts in verse 7. and says, A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. And I like that verse because... Uh, what did we just go through, right? It, it's kind of waning now, but the, we just went through a, a worldwide pandemic, right? Oh, you better watch it. You're going to get the, you're going to get, uh, you're going to get COVID-19, right? I mean, it's 2022. Why are they calling it COVID-2022, right? I don't know, because it's, it's, now it's not, it's still COVID-19, but it's variant XYZ, right? And so whatever. Uh, and it's funny because I was reading something that, that they're still trying to hype it up. But kind of people kind of moved on past it, haven't they? I mean, it seems like it's like, well, you know, the world's on fire over in Ukraine and Russia, you know, so we're not really so concerned about COVID anymore. Uh, you get little pockets of fear and dread in people every now and then still. Uh, but for the most part, people are like, you know, we ain't got time to mess with that. We got, you know, the world's on fire, you know, and, and uh, uh, China's going to invade everybody and Russia's going to blow up the rest of the world. And uh, let's, let's consider things that are really important now. But, uh, but a lot of times people will say, you better watch it, you know. Uh, that uh, uh, if they got it, you're going to get it, right? And a lot of people have that fear, right? Well, so-and-so got it, I'm going to get it. Uh, 
Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh wow, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you think about um, uh, the human, uh, the human societies have done this for thousands of years. We've gathered together, right? We've licked each other, and I mean, we, I mean, you know, all the stuff we've done for, th- and we've survived as a, as a, as a race, uh, and we act like this one little virus that we have to suddenly go into a bubble boy mode. Uh, and never have any human contact, don't have any contact with any food, can't shake hands, now it's an elbow bump, not even a fist bump, now it's an elbow bump, right? Uh, and they don't bump my elbow, weirdo, you know? And, and so uh, it, it's, and it's all driven by fear, right? It's all driven, and it's like, look, uh, these things happen. They're, as long as there's human beings, there's gonna be these things that, that rise up every now and then. Uh, but uh, verse seven is such a great verse, a thousand shall fall at thy side, and 10,000 at the right hand, but it shall not come nigh me. I love quoting that verse, right? Uh, you know, there was a story with Brother Hagen back, uh, back in the day when there was the Asian flu going on. And, and of course, it was always, uh, it's, it, you know, nothing's changed. It's still the Asian whatever, right? And it oftentimes comes from China. And I don't know why, you know, maybe, you know, uh, I know uh, conspiracy, and I don't even you know it's conspiracy theories, but there's evidence that maybe all the COVID stuff came from a lab in China, you know. Um, I don't know, I wasn't there, but it seems suspicious, right? Uh, and so, but it doesn't matter, it matter to me, but there was a flu that came through, they called it Asian flu, uh, and, uh, and so they were at this particular meeting and the numbers were down, right? And so uh, people were staying home by the thousands. Uh, and so uh, they were just talking kind of after the service uh, about, um, about this flu, you know, and, uh, and uh, they said, well, Brother Hagen, aren't you concerned that you're gonna get the flu? He said, no, I'm, I'm not concerned I'm gonna get the flu. He said, in fact, you know, I'll just tell you, I'll never get the flu. Uh, and he said, this pastor, not, not just a regular church member, this pastor leaned over and whispered and said to him, Brother Hagen, I would never say that. Don't you know the devil will hear you? Uh, because he thought that, you know, by saying that the devil will come and put that on you just because you said, I'll never get it. Uh, and so he said, uh, he just laughed, said, I'll never get it. Uh, and of course he did have, uh, over the years, he had once or twice where the symptoms came on him and he believed God and they left they left yeah. him and went away, right? Uh, and so we should boldly declare, you know, a thou- it doesn't matter if a thousand fall at my side and 10,000 at my right hand, amen? Uh, it will not come near me. It doesn't matter just because everybody's getting, well, everybody's getting it, well, everybody but me, right? Uh, and so he said, uh, and then she goes down to uh, uh, verse 10, there shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. Well, are those two verses true? Can they be true? They're only true. I mean, they're, they're true whether you believe them or not, but they're only effective in your life if you choose to believe them, amen? If you choose not to believe them, they're still true, but they're ineffective in your life. And that's really the difference there, right? Uh, and, and so, and she's jumping around here in, in the book of Psalms quite a bit here. Let's turn over to, uh, to uh, Psalm 105. And um, of course, uh, we know this verse here. Um, it says in verse uh, 37, Psalm 105, verse 37, it says, He, talking about the Lord God, Jehovah, brought them forth also with silver and gold, and there was not one feeble person among their tribes. And you think about that statement, that not one feeble person among their tribes. And, you know, they estimated between one and two million people coming out of Egypt, right? The nation of Israel coming out of Egypt. Uh, and out of one, or one to two million people, not a single feeble, a weak, a weak or sickly person, right? That's what it's talking about. So not just... You know, somebody's got cancer and near death or somebody's got blood disease and near death or somebody's got heart disease. Feeble, right? Just weak. Uh, uh, and so th- that means they were all strong and healthy. And not one out of, a, uh, out of one to two million people. I mean, it, it's hard to get well, 10 to 20 people uh, together today without, you know, a race to the bottom. Oh, you think you feel bad. I feel twice bad. Oh, yeah, I know. Uh, this is hurting over here. Oh, yeah, well, mine's hurting twice as bad as yours is. Uh, and it's a, oftentimes a race to the bottom with a small group of people. This is, you know, one to two million people is, uh, I don't know, what's, this, what's the, anybody know the population of Chattanooga right now? It's like, what, 400,000 people, something like that? Uh, maybe like that. So one to two million people is three to five times all of Chattanooga, right? I mean, Dayton's only about 8,000 people, right? So uh, that's what, uh, 100 times, uh, uh, between 100 and 200 times the population of Dayton, uh, 100 to 200 Daytons uh, without any sickness and disease. 
I mean, you know, you could just take a block of any group of Dayton right now and you're going to find some sickness and disease more than likely uh, unless you get a few faith people in that block there, right? Uh, and so, but he was able to, uh, to bring them entirely out without one people among them. And that in itself is a miracle, right? Uh, and, uh, and then she spent some time uh, talking about uh, Egypt and, and maybe we'll pick this up uh, next week there because uh, she goes into some um, details about the about Egypt there uh, and it's a, she makes some good points about how God differentiated uh, Egypt from Israel and what the distinction was between them and I think it'd be good to spend a little time on that there so um, but it, uh, can we be healed can we live a life free from sickness and disease can we live a life where we're not feeble you know I, I like that because it, it wasn't just you know well you know really really bad sickness it's just feeble, right? That means you could be strong. Uh, and what did the Lord say of Moses uh, at his latter days before he left? That his eyes were not dim and his natural force was what? Not abated. not abated, right? In other words, it wasn't diminished. His natural force, he was still strong until he was 120. And I would encourage you about, about your own confession, you know. Oh, well, you know, you're getting older, right? You know, you're not as strong as you used to be. Uh, and... Um, this wasn't true for Moses, wasn't true for Caleb, right? Caleb was 85 years old, and that's when he started, you know, or not when he started, but that's when he, he wanted to start a new campaign. I'm 85, you know, I want that mountain over there. And Joshua was like, well, more power to you, buddy, go get it. Um, and he went and got it, amen? Uh, and he said, I'm as strong now as I was when Moses sent us into the, into, into the promised land to spy out the land. And so that could be our confession. I'm as strong now as I was when I was 30, when I was 40, Amen. And I do know, you know, we do know that we're not going to live forever, that there's no promise that we can live forever, but we can live a life. Uh, uh, we didn't finish up Psalm 91, but the very last verse says it with long life. I'll satisfy him and show him my salvation. Amen. Uh, and so uh, so we we have a lot of promises to us and belong to us. Amen. And, and a lot of these are, are are in the Old Testament. And there are no promises of the Old Testament that have been given to us that have been uh, we've been redeemed from right we've only been redeemed from the curse of the law amen we've never been redeemed from the promises of the law uh, and so if there's anything that says if you'll follow the word word of god closely then all these blessings will come upon you well then those still belong to us because we weren't redeemed from the blessings of the law amen uh, and so because really all the blessings of the law are just showing the, the church how we can live and how much the lord wants to bless us even as a church today uh, and so I'm always looking for promises in the Old Testament that uh, have not expired, right? There are no expired promises, amen? Uh, and so let's pray and thank the Lord for his word today. So, Father, we do thank you for the word of God. And, Father, by your word, we declare that uh, a thousand shall fall at my side and ten thousand at my right hand, Father. But these plagues, whatever these plagues are, shall not come nigh my dwelling. Father, we can live free from sickness and disease, aches and pains, Father, diminished capacity, weaknesses, Father, being feeble. We can live free from all of those things because we have, have hidden your words in our hearts, Father. Uh, and if we find your words, Father, you said that they are life unto those that find them and health unto all of our flesh. So, Father, we have found your words of healing. And if, and if your word is so, Father, then, then your word can be health, uh, healing incurable unto all of our flesh. And so, Father, we thank you for that. And we give you the praise and the honor for these things, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. Well, I, I would encourage you to, you know, in your own life, meditate on the Word of God. Meditate on the, the scriptures of healing. Uh, uh, believe these things. Amen. That uh, we have to choose to believe them. Amen. Nobody makes us believe them, uh, but we get to choose to believe them. Uh, just like any aspect of faith, it's a choice. Amen. Uh, and so... Um, Praise God. Let's see. Uh, we normally, um, we normally uh, don't have healing school on Easter, right? Because we've got the things with the kids, and and that usually goes into the afternoons. And so we won't have healing school next Sunday because of that. We'll be having the things get together with the kids and all that and stuff. And so um, we'll pick this back up in a couple of weeks and um, see what she says about the distinction between the the nation of Israel and Egypt. You know. Because they lived right next to each other, right? The, the nation of Israel lived, lived in the land of Goshen, which is part of Egypt. Uh, and they were not one people among them. And yet uh, some of the, the uh, uh, when you read the history of the Egyptian uh, society, they had some of the most advanced medicine of the world, right? 
which was great, except right over there, they didn't need any of that. Right? They, uh, and it's great that they got it over there. They didn't need it over there, right? So we're thankful for that over there, right? And, we, and don't we have some of the greatest medicine in the world? You know, but uh, we, we can just not have to take advantage of it, right? And so we're thankful for that, right? With, uh, I'm not so thankful for the Egyptians, right? Because they were very godless people, but I wish no ill on them at all. But, um, uh, but uh, it is interesting, the distinction between them, right? He said, I made a difference between you two. And so I don't want to preach all that. We're going to preach that in a couple weeks, right? So praise God. Well, let's get ready to receive this afternoon's offering. Uh, and um, so next Sunday, of course, we'll have Easter in the morning, Easter service in the morning, uh, which is just a regular church service, right? Uh, and then uh, we'll have uh, an Easter egg hunt with the kids, uh, and then we'll pick up healing school two weeks from today, right? So come ahead, Mr. Jared, and receive the offering. And um, so she spends, in this book, she spends a little more time really in the area of doctrine, you know, um, and... Um, uh, so, you know, I think this would be a, a good uh, book here. Uh, and, you know, it's whatever, whatever. Uh, we don't know the history of how she came about writing these particular books, but um, I think she's got a lot to add to the church in the area of healing and understanding about how healing works, especially since she was a medical doctor, you know, and it's a good perspective, I think. So, all right, praise God. Uh, is the Lord our healer? Yes. He is our healer. Yes, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Um, no meal, no meal next. Yeah, no meal next and week, right? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So no meal. Normally we have Easter uh, meal uh, just because we're all together. And um, But since we're kind of nomads right now, uh, even our carts on wheels, right? And so um, our whole, uh, whole uh, soundboard's on healings. What's that? Yeah, it's a tabernacle, right? So this is our tabernacle. And so just like the tabernacle, we've got to break it down here in just a minute and move it, right? <laughs> Uh, and so eventually we'll get back to our temple, right? It's permanent, but uh, we're not there yet. So all is well. Uh, we'll make it through just fine. Amen. Uh, and um, uh, this is the Lord's blessed us with having this place here. We're still online there. And, and so everything's fine. I guess we're online, right? Did it work okay? So, uh, you know, it's different internet. So sometimes the internet can be a little glitchy sometimes. But um, praise God. The Lord is good. So we'll see you all in healing school in two weeks, right? Uh, so you're dismissed.